I don't know about any of you, but I love a great story. Now, since having a child, I watch more movies on Netflix and iTunes than on the silver screen. Whether you watch a great story in a movie theater or from the comfort of the beanbag chair in your basement, the elements of a great story are pretty much the same. Even if you're not a movie person and you prefer great stories to be written and bound, you still know what makes a great story. Now, I promise I will not spoil any movies for you, but if you think of the latest Star Wars movie... All of the elements of a great story are present. First, you need a compelling plot. If our heroine, Rey, and her droid sidekick, BB-8, were merely wandering around the desert for absolutely no reason at all, I doubt that many people would have purchased tickets months in advance and then waited in line for hours to get a good seat in the theater. Speaking of Rey and BB-8, you need relatable characters. Regardless if the story takes place in 2017 or in a galaxy far, far away, a great story helps the audience place themselves somewhere within the plot. More than likely, most of you present will place your side, yourselves on the side of the resistance and not the side of the evil empire or First Order. A great story also provides a plot twist and suspense. It's not enough to simply have BB-8 and Ray traveling across the desert. They need to encounter the First Order or have some other obstacle put in their point as they're traveling from point A to point B. Movement without suspense does little to draw the audience in. A suspenseful story causes you to be irritated, almost PO'd, when your four-year-old son says that he needs to go to the bathroom in the middle of The Last Jedi. Finally, finally, a great story must, it must have a great ending. This comes in one of two ways. First, an ending that sets up a sequel, leaving you wanting more, leaving you leaving the theater wanting to know, yearning to know what will happen next. The other ending leaves you satisfied. All of the story is resolved, or at least those aspects related to the plot, and it has a nicely packaged the end across the screen. Now, Ray and BB-8, they are the former, while Luke and Darth Vader are the latter. See? I promised. No spoilers. <laughs> Our nativity story fits nicely into this great story model. And it should. This story is one of, if not the most familiar story in the Bible. Arguably, you could say it's one of the greatest stories known by everyone. Whether you grew up attending Sunday school every week, or you are a casual observer of Christianity, everyone knows this story, or at least the basics of it. 
We know the plot line. An unwed, pregnant, teenage virgin must travel during a census mandated by the empire. There's no room at the inn, so sweet baby Jesus is born in a manger. We know the plot. Our kids know the plot. They put on cute costumes and dance around the sanctuary every year, putting on the nativity for us. We know the characters, and we can relate to all of them at some, in some way. We can relate to the pickle that Joseph finds himself in. His questioning of, the, of his engagement is not unreasonable. And most of us would have understood at the very least if he decided to graciously walk away from the relationship. Most of us, well, not most of us, the women here can relate to Mary's predicament. Who will believe me? What am I supposed to do now? Perhaps you relate to the shepherds. You feel like you're on the margins of the community. Not entirely comfortable in social situations, but then again, no one really goes out of their way to make you feel welcomed. Or you identify with the unnamed innkeeper or the unnamed individual who directs Mary and Joseph to the manger with the undisclosed location. There are so many plot twists in this story, it's almost impossible to keep up with them all. First, God is entering into the earthly realm. Let that soak in for a minute. Next, instead of a mighty warrior ready to throw off the yoke of the occupying empire by force, God enters into the world in the most vulnerable manner. Throw in a twist of no room at the end, and we have a full-blown, suspenseful, made-for-lifetime Christmas drama on our hands. The ending, though. The ending could use some work. You can read the ending of the Nativity story in two ways. First, in Luke's account, we go from birth and angelic hosts celebrating to Jesus' circumcision. Not exactly the great ending we were hoping for. You can jump over to Matthew's gospel. And there you find the holy family fleeing as refugees to Egypt when King Herod ordered the massacre of all male infants under the age of two. Again, not the great ending we're hoping for. We almost, almost have a great ending. We almost have a great story in the nativity. All we needed, all we needed to happen was for sweet baby Jesus to defeat the empire. Instead of fleeing to refu- as a refugee to Egypt, we needed Jesus, sweet baby Jesus in his golden fleece diaper, to raise up an angelic army, wielding Luke's lost lightsaber, defeating the empire, releasing Israel from the rod of their oppressor. As Mary and Joseph are being counted to calculate the tax to be handed down by the Emperor Augustus, we need sweet baby Jesus to say, stand back, mom and dad. I've got this. The beginning of the story is great. As the prophet Isaiah wrote, a great light has shined into the darkness the people were walking in. 
the divine presence of Christ begins to break the grip of darkness that Israel had been subjected to through generation upon generation along with the oppression. Beholding God in the form of a vulnerable baby begins what could be subversion to the violence used by the empire to maintain stability and order. But the ending is missing. The great ending our nativity story needs will not come for another 30 years. 30 years later, again, the Holy Family will be on the move at the order of the occupying empire. Again, Mary will have to watch as her son's life is threatened by the emperor, but instead of being able to sweep him up and rush him off to safety, Mary will be forced to watch helplessly as her firstborn is hung between two thieves, two common criminals on a tree. The great ending that our nativity story needs comes three days later in the empty tomb. The joy experienced by Mary and Joseph at the manger is re-experienced in the empty tomb when God overcomes the yoke and rod of death. The great ending the nativity story needs becomes the good news proclaimed by generation upon generation. The great ending is that at the manger, on the cross, and in the empty tomb, we remember not only what God did in Bethlehem while the cattle were lowing and the baby slept, but we behold what God accomplished through Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, and the coming completion of God's reign in the new creation that is to come. Through the incomprehensible inbreaking of God at the manger and in the empty tomb, then and now, the nativity story is the greatest story. It's just not a story that ends at the manger. Amen.